Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. If you guys would like to get involved in the show, you can always hit me up on Twitter as well. I am at BK Sports Talk. So I've been out at Chiefs training camp all week, and I've been doing the hard-hitting journalism that you guys need, such as how do you pronounce McCole Hardman's name? We will find that out in my one-on-one conversation with McCole Hardman. Here it is right here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. It's been good, challenging. Um, you know, it's a lot of work out here, man. A lot of uh, competition, um, competitive reps. So you just out here trying to get better every day and, um, you know, just trying to, you know, find myself and get, get all the plays down and, and try to help the team the best way I can. One of the big things a lot of receivers mention when they get into this Andy Reid offense is just how difficult the playbook is to learn. How's that learning curve been for you so far? Uh, it's been fun. I think I think when you first get here and you try to do it, you know what I'm saying, it's hard because you never seen none of the plays. But after OTAs, mini camp, and now you're a training camp, you, you've seen the plays a, a good little bit now. So all now is just, you know, uh, memory and, um, you know, like a, a good reminder now. So like um, they're not coming hard as they were. So I'm starting to be able to play fast, play to myself, you know, actually start doing things that I'm capable of doing and um, just go from there. Seemed like today you were moving around a little bit more at receiver positions. Are you are you playing anything specifically, or are they having you work in all over the place? Uh, at first, you know, it was just like more like one position. Now it's like one, two, one or two position. You know, just try to move me around, put me in different spots. So uh, I'm getting comfortable with the offense, and I think they can see that, and they they put me out there more, and you know, see see what I can handle. So it's going good. When Tyreek went down today, you came in with the ones, and you were the guy that kind of replaced him there. What does it mean to you that I mean? Regardless of what happens with Tyreek, and it sounds like he's going to be okay. They're going to be counting on you this year as a rookie. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just good, you know, uh, coming in right away, trying to help the team, you know, uh, accomplish our goals. And um, I know I can play. I know I can help the team right away. And um, but yeah, I'm definitely just going, you know, whatever my name is called, whatever my number's called, going there to do the best I can uh, and make a play. So, with you and Tyreek, speed is kind of the thing that everybody brings up. Who's the faster of the two of you guys? <laughs> probably Tyreek. Tyreek definitely probably faster than me. Uh, you know, you know, I ain't got no shame in saying that, man. He he gifted, he gifted with speed. Uh, he gifted a lot of uh, attributes, and um, and you can't take nothing away from him. And um, I love being out here with him, learn, love learning from him, love watching him play. I love being on the field with him. You know? So I'm just learning, man, try to and try to you know craft my game and take some of his some of his stuff out of his bag, put it in my bag, and oh uh, man, just gotta get better every day. Have you ever played with anybody that's faster than you before? Faster than me? Uh, is this the first time? I don't know if it might have been like just faster than me. No, nah, probably not. Um, but yeah, now probably first time that I definitely say like, yeah, he faster than me. Like just like clear cut faster than me. But uh, other than that, nah. We're talking to Mecole Hardman, Chiefs rookie receiver. Uh, McCole, what do you think so far you've learned, whether it be from Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill, some of the veterans in the room? What have they been able to teach you so far? Man, it's taught me a lot, man. Uh, I'm talking about just every day. It's crazy. I learned something different every day, man, as far as like coming out my breaks. Uh, what I should do here, uh, coming down my stem, explosion out of the bridge, anything, man, just learning. You know, I think Sammy is one of the guys that really teaching me, Kelps, teaching me a lot too, man. And I just, you know, just 
I'm thankful to have some of the veteran guys like that just that I can look up, look up to and, and just craft my game out there and, you know, and take you a long way. Sammy said he was really specifically trying to become more of a leader within the room this year. Have, have you been able to see that as well? Oh, yeah, he's definitely a leader. Uh, I think he's a natural-born leader. Um, I don't think it, I don't take nothing away from him at all. I think um, you look at him, he do everything right. He go hard in practice. He don't complain. Uh, he make the plays when he need to make the plays. And um, So when you see something like that and when he ever talk to you, you know you listen and you take, take it into account. So. One of the big storylines in camp so far is uh, Demontre Wade starting at cornerback for you guys right now. What have you seen going up against him in camp? Uh, he good. He uh, he good physical guy. Uh, he he uses his hands well at the line. Um, I think he gonna he could be a good player for us. Uh, he just got to keep working. Um, keep continuing to get better uh, every day, and uh, he'll be fine. What are you specifically working on the rest of camp? Is there any one aspect to your game that you're going to be working on? Man, just finishing, man. Just catching everything come my way. Um, you know, don't run. You know, stop. Don't stop running on deep routes. Um, just got to just got to continue to do the little things, the little details. You know, releasing, using your hands off the line. Uh, if you just continue to hone on those and, and, and perfect those, you'll be better as a whole. Last question for you as we're talking to McCole Hard, McCole Hardman, rather. It is McCole, right? Yeah, We've McCole. had everybody say McCole versus McCole. It is McCole, it's right? McCole, yeah. All right. Um, last question for you. A lot of the time, people talk about the welcome to the NFL rookie moment. Have you had one of those yet? If you have, what has been that moment for you? Uh, no, I ain't had no welcome to the NFL. Um, you know, in practice, we don't try to kill guys in practice, nothing <laughs> like that. But um, but definitely, just far as like you know, uh, the, the pace, the speed is kind of like a welcome. Like welcome, you here now, you know what I'm saying? But uh, far as that, I ain't had no, no, no. Oh damn, this is how I feel. I ain't had none of that yet. So we have our answer. It is McCole Hardman. It is not me, Cole Hardman, which is what some had been saying previously. It is McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman. That is how you pronounce his name. I'm doing the hard-hitting journalism out here for you guys. I'm getting the answers you need to be able to talk about the team that you love. It is McCole Hardman, not me, Cole Hardman. That is the single biggest story that has come out of Chiefs camp thus far. There is no bigger storyline, in my opinion. I'm messing with you, but I legitimately wasn't sure. We had heard both. I've been told by some people that his mother says McCole. Everybody else calls him McCole. So we're going to go with McCole. If he wants to be called McCole, we're calling him McCole. I did find one thing interesting about being out at Chiefs camp and being able to watch McCole Hardman up close and personal over the course of the last week. He's further along than I expected. He's not all the way there yet, but he's further along than I expected. He is not a great player yet, but he is a legitimately good player right now. And if he can continue to impress, if he can continue to improve the way that he has since minicamp, to where he is today, I think it's entirely possible that I am just going to be wrong about what McCall Hardman can be for this team this year. I don't know that he's going to be the number three receiver. I think Demarcus Robinson seems to have that pretty much locked up, at least right now. But he's going to play more than I expected. He's going to be a guy that they absolutely get involved, whether it be on swing passes or finding some of those end-arounds that they used with Tyreek Hill in his first year in Kansas City. A lot of the way that they utilized Tyreek the first eight to nine weeks of the year whenever he was here as a rookie, that's the way that they're going to use McCole Hardman. The other thing that I find really interesting right now is the battle at receiver for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill is going to make the team. Sammy Watkins is going to make the team. Demarcus Robinson's making the team. McCole Hardman's making the team. Those are four locks. 
I think Marcus Kemp is a lock because he plays special teams and he does so very well. He does so at a very high level and Dave Tobe loves him. That leaves basically one spot for Garrick Dieter, for Byron Pringle, for Cody Thompson, who's been having a really good camp. One spot remains really for any of those guys. And if I had to guess right now, I think Byron Pringle's probably the guy that is most likely to get it. Dieter's been hurt for most of camp. Cody Thompson, you could maybe squeeze onto the practice squad. You could potentially go that route. I think the battle at receiver right now is between Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman for the number three spot. And I think Demarcus Robinson's probably going to end up winning that at least going into the regular season. The other battle going on right now, though, the more important one, the bigger one in a big picture sense is Garrick Dieter versus Byron Pringle versus Cody Thompson for the number six spot, the last receiver spot on the roster going into the regular season. And if you're looking for any one thing during during these preseason games that we're going to start up coming up next week, I think the the thing to watch is going to be how those guys end up looking going into those games. Dieter, Pringle, and Thompson are probably the three that are battling it out right now. And one of those guys, I believe, will make the roster. It's a matter of which one. All three have a chance. All three are talented enough to make it. All three could legitimately have cases as to why they should make it. Thompson and Dieter probably better on the inside. They're slot guys. They could potentially back up the slot receiver spot. Byron Pringle seems like a guy that they would like to keep if they can. I just don't know that they're going to be able to sneak him onto the practice squad. I think somebody else would pick him up. So Pringle, Dieter, and Thompson, those are the three guys to watch in your preseason games to see who's ultimately going to make this roster. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. We've got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line is 69306. If you'd like to get involved in the show today. Most of the show so far has been fairly positive. It's been an exciting Chiefs camp. The team is really good. There's a lot of reasons for optimism, both offensively and defensively. There's one concern, though, and we'll discuss it next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass. We're going to go out live to Chiefs training camp out in St. Joe right now. Anthony Hitchens is speaking with the media. I want to hear what he has to say this morning. So we will go live right now to St. Joe to hear what Anthony Hitchens has to say. I'm just learning. Uh, I'm not just learning the mic position, uh, the Will, the Buck, uh, the Sam. I'm learning all of them. You never know where you might uh, end up in the season. So. You're listening live to Chiefs training camp with Anthony Hitchens. We'll try to get that feedback up here in just a moment. Um, that went out rather quickly. <laughs> I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. We will work to get that one back up for you. I am interested to hear what Anthony Hitchens has to say because I think he's one of the guys that if you listen to most Chiefs fans, he's the one that you would be most interested in how this defense is going to be able to help him this year as opposed to what he had to work with last year. We'll go back out live to St. Joe to hear what Anthony Hitchens has to say right here on the leadoff. All of them. You never know where you might uh, end up in the season. So. All right, we're probably not going to be able to take that one live. That's all right. I did have something else that I didn't want to talk about here. 
Um, if you're looking, we've been mostly positive this morning here on the show, talking about what the offense can be, what I believe is going to be the biggest improvement defensively, which is going to be the running game. I think they're going to be better against the run last year against Seattle. They allowed 43 carries for 210 yards and two touchdowns at New England in the regular season, 38 carries, 175 yards, three touchdowns, New England in the playoffs, 48 carries, 175 yards, four touchdowns. I think they're going to be better from that respect. I think they're legitimately going to be, at worst, an average defense against the run. But there is still a problem. And you guys don't know what it is, or you guys rather do know what it is. I'm not breaking any news to you. The cornerbacks for this team are a problem. Kendall Fuller has looked really bad thus far in training camp. And it's been surprising, and I don't understand it. I don't know if he's hurt. And he's just trying to work through it right now. I don't know if he's there's some new things schematically that are different that he's trying to work through. They've put him exclusively in the slot at training camp. That's what he's going to play this year in this new Steve Spagnolo defense. He's really struggled, and it's been surprising. Charvarius Ward looks kind of as expected. He's had his moments. He's also had his struggles. Bashad Breland has been just okay. And there's nobody else that stood out to me. Nobody. There's a man by the name of Demontre Wade that when Bashad Breeland was out was playing with the ones. I can't tell you anything positive or negative about him because frankly, he just looked like another dude that was out there. The Chiefs don't have a number one cornerback on the roster right now. They have a solid, or what I believe to be, a solid slot cornerback in Kendall Fuller. They've got Traverius Ward, who I think has upside to be a solid number two or three. Rashad Breland is an okay number two or three, kind of the fringe two, three guy. They don't have a number one corner that, cornerback that you feel good about. I'm not saying you need a guy like Jalen Ramsey. I'm not saying you need a guy like Patrick Peterson. But I feel like going into any season, it would be really nice if you have one cornerback that you feel comfortable with defending another team's number one option. And the Chiefs right now don't have that. So. I was reading Arrowhead Pride the other day. It's like, all right, they got a, they have a piece up that said, here are the list four moves that could make the Chiefs better at cornerback. All right, let's go into it. Let's dive into this. Let's see what the Arrowhead Pride guys have come up with for me. Option number one, the Chiefs could trade for Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of our listening audience right now has never heard of Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis, so let me tell you a little bit about them. They're fine. End of conversation. There's not a whole lot more to add there. Jordan Lewis is an okay player that lost his job last year for the Dallas Cowboys in the slot. He's an okay player, but again, he's a slot corner. And that's a bit of an issue because the Chiefs already have a slot corner. All right, let's go to option number two. Option number two, you could trade for Trey Waynes of the Minnesota Vikings. Most of our audience has actually probably heard of Trey Waynes because he was a first-round pick for the Vikings a few years ago. That does not mean, though, that he's good. Trey Waynes is not good. He's also expensive and makes $9 million this year. Trading for Trey Waynes is kind of like Charvarius Ward, but more expensive. He doesn't get me excited. Option number three. All right, we got one more option. You could either sign or trade for Artie Burns of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Artie Burns, another former first-round pick, and another guy that's very bad at football. 
These were the options that Arrowhead Pride said the Chiefs might have going into the year. Well, that ain't exciting. Here's what Ken Swanson said as his takeaway from the exercise. Quote, these ideas are small moves that might move the needle just a hint or at least give you depth at the cornerback position, but none of them are reason to be optimistic. In fact, it's kind of depressing. At the trade deadline, there could potentially be more options available as teams realize their playoff hopes are dead. The Chiefs could just try to survive until then, score a billion points, and hope they could find midseason help. It might just be that the Chiefs can invest significant asset in the quality corner, but it just doesn't happen that often. There are big questions at the position, and then this team is going to need to find a solution by being creative, end quote. That's from Kent Swanson as his takeaway from the exercise of going through each and every depth chart around the league and trying to figure out if there were any options that could actually help the Chiefs going into 2019. The answer is basically no. The options are just super limited. They're super limited. Earlier this week, I was listening to a podcast. It's called the Sports Beat KC Podcast. It's made, It's done by the Kansas City Star, and they were talking to Brett Veach. This is very new. It's a new conversation. It's from, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. They talked with him. And it was Blair Kirkhoff of the Star who was talking to Brett Veach, and they were talking about how they aggressively tried to improve the defense this offseason. And he mentioned the cornerback position specifically, and I thought his answer was really interesting. About a minute long, listen to what Brett Veach had to say about improving the defensive roster and really looking, kind of honing in on the cornerback position. You know, we started the process of, of free agency uh, in, in November and trying to gauge the landscape of what we'd have access to and what we could potentially do and then know that the draft will follow that. And um, But I think the entire season, you know, as the season goes on, even though the games are being played on Sunday, we're evaluating our team and, and we're putting plans together. And um, now you can't have discussions or talk to teams, but, I mean, I remember – in, in November and December, watching guys like Frank Clark and thinking, if we have a chance, man, you yeah. know, this will help us get better. And, and, and you know, regardless, but, of, how regardless season, of how the season goes on. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of what we do and our obligation is, is to just sit back, evaluate our team and, and be real and, and not just look at our record and say, oh, we're good. You know, we're having, we're nine and one or 10 and one or whatever, nine and two or 10 yeah. and two, like, okay, we're good. No, I mean, like the longer you play in this league in regards to your season and you go into the playoffs, I mean, your weaknesses are going to be exposed more and more, um, not just during the course of the season, but you know, the, the more impactful games and the more important games, you know, those teams are obviously going to dial in. So you want to be sound on, on both sides of the football. And certainly we're a lot more sound on the offensive side. So we spent a lot of time even during that, you know, great season we had last year of just, you know, coming up with ideas months before free agency on what we can do and, and how aggressive we need to be. I thought the quote there at the end is the important one. As you get further along in the season, other teams, the better teams, and the more important games of the year are going to find your weakness and they are going to expose it. That's 100% true. And the Chiefs' weakness right now, their only weakness really, frankly, I mean, if you're looking up and down the roster, the only real question, the only real concern that I have, and it's why we hone in on it so often, is the cornerback position. They have depth everywhere else. They have really high-end talent. Like Chris Jones, superstar. Tyree Kill, superstar. Travis Kelsey, superstar. Patrick Mahomes, superstar. Tyron Matthew, really good player. Frank Clark, really good player with the potential to be a star. They've got really high-end talent. They've got depth that's really impressive. They go 
at least six or seven deep on the defensive line right now. They've got five or six guys that are rotating in at linebacker. Their safety position goes three deep with guys that you're really comfortable with, and that's on the worst side of the ball. They go four deep at receiver that you feel comfortable with. They have the best tight end in the league. Their offensive line is really good with depth. That's impressive. They have the best quarterback in all of football. The team's really talented and really deep and has everything it takes to get to a Super Bowl. The only position that I'm concerned about is the corner position. And it's why we hone in on it, and it's why we look for answers. And the problem is right now there's not an answer. I want to come on here and say, well, they could trade for Jalen Ramsey. It's not likely. We got a text earlier today. What's the deal with Darius Slay of the Lions? He's just not going to get traded because the Lions think that they're going to be okay. It really might be as simple as what Arrowhead pride and what specifically Kent Swanson had to say about the defense and about the cornerback position, they might just have to wait until midseason. The answer might be the Chiefs are going to have to wait this thing out and hope that the offense can hold them, hope that the offense can maintain up until week seven or eight. We got a lot of text saying something to this effect. BK, um, this is just a dumb guy asking, but is it possible that our corners look so terrible because they're going up against such an amazing offense? Another one from the 785. Dude, everybody looks bad against our wide receivers. I get that, guys. But it's not just the number one unit that's making them look bad. It's Tyreek. If Tyreek Hill was the only guy that was getting open against the Chiefs corners, I'd be totally fine with the Chiefs cornerbacks because Tyreek Hill gets open against everybody. If it was only Sammy Watkins that was getting open, okay, that's fine. If Mecole Hardman was just getting open deep, or McColl, excuse me, was getting open deep, that'd be perfectly fine. It's guys like Marcus Kemp and Garrick Dieter and Cody Thompson and Byron Pringle. If those guys are getting open against your number one corners, what is it going to look like when Antonio Brown comes into town? That's what I don't understand. And that's what it's very difficult to see an answer for because there's just not any options on the table right now. The Chiefs are very likely going to have to play the diamond in the rough game until week seven or eight and hope that a team is out there that is interested in trading at the deadline. That's really as simple as it may be. Their only shot at really improving this position dramatically is probably going to come at the trade deadline. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass. The protein I'll see with a purpose text line for you guys to get involved is always at 69306. Coming up on the other side, I think the story of training camp in terms of under-the-radar players has been Tano Passanio. I had the opportunity to be able to speak with him one-on-one -on -one earlier this week. I believe it's the only time that he's spoken one-on-one -on -one with anybody. We'll play that interview for you next. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kyle. We've got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass. The Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line is 69306. Coming up here in just about 10 minutes, we'll get to my five top takeaways from Chiefs Camp. And if you guys have any questions about Chiefs Camp, we'll do a little bit of an Ask Us Anything coming up. 69306, like I said, is the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. This one comes from the 816. The corners are obviously bad, no doubt, but is there a chance that the combination of learning a new defensive scheme while having to go up against this offense is exasperating their shortcomings? Sure, it's possible. It's absolutely possible, and I hope that's the explanation. 
But there's also no reason to believe that these cornerbacks are legitimately good. Like Bashad Breeland has shown us last year, he struggled. Now, he might be better this year. He didn't have an offseason. He had some injuries that he was dealing with. He could very well be better this year. And maybe it is for him as simple as learning a new defense. That is very possible. But he has never in his career been a great cornerback. He's been solid at times, never been great. Traverius Ward showed us 150 snaps total last season. We have no reason to believe he's going to be great. He was a late-round pick, undrafted guy for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs traded a sixth-round pick for him. Or they traded, rather, a former offensive lineman that ended up getting cut by the Dallas Cowboys. Like, there's no reason to believe Traverius Ward's going to be great. Kendall Fuller struggled at times last year and has not had a very good camp this year. So there's no reason to believe that he's going to be great necessarily this season. As much as I would love to believe that the corners are just going to be better, it's going to be figured out, and it's just a learning curve for the scheme, I have very little reason to believe that that's the case. I did get the chance to catch up with somebody who I do think has legitimately turned a corner earlier this week. His name is Tano Passanio. He's been getting reps with the ones pretty consistently over the course of camp. In fact, I think he's passed Breland Speaks on the depth chart at this point. Two very different paths for two former Chiefs second-round defensive ends. Here's my conversation, a one-on-one with Tano Passanio, the Chiefs defensive end. Talking here with Tano Passanio, Chiefs defensive lineman. Tano, you've been here for about a week now for training camp. It's your third time going through this. What's it been like so far? Hey, man, uh, uh, the energy's been up. It's been pretty cool, actually, so it's not. it hasn't been as bad as some years. And just liking it. You're in a new system now, mm-hmm. playing more defensive line with your hand in the ground than you had been previously with Sutton. What's that transition been like for you? Hey, it's like riding a bike, you know, like I did that my whole career and coming back to it, it feels really good. Um, and yeah, it just feels really good. How much of a transition has it been for you though, going from the backer to the defensive line? Is it is it more comfortable for you, given that you've done it in the past? Do you feel better doing this? Is it more kind of instinctive? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more instinctive, and it's um, I learned a lot playing linebacker, so that have, that taught me a lot about drops and what the back end's doing, and just pretty much you need to know everything on the defense. Um, now going back to D-line, having that knowledge um, and knowing what the back's backfield look like and what the receivers are looking like from linebacker it just uh it broadened my horizons and like just made me so so much of a better player what's coach daly been like so far oh he's been awesome he's uh someone who'll get the best out of you you know uh, if he sees the talent there he's gonna try and milk it as much as he can out as much as he can it seems like you've been getting more time with the ones this year than we've seen in the past what do you think has changed for you to be able to kind of take the most advantage of this opportunity uh, it's kind of just staying the course. I've been, you know, i um, been trying to prove myself ever since I got here. Um, I feel like I'm doing a lot better job this year at it. And, um, yeah, you know, the coaches are going to put the guys best suited for that position and best suited to play, and I'm going to be one of those guys. Was it frustrating at all for you last year? I mean, there were a few games towards the end of the season, I know, where you were inactive on game day. What, mm-hmm. what was that experience like for you? Uh, it was different, um, you know, just uh, – the roster dealings and all that stuff, but um, I was behind two great players, you know, um, and I learned a lot from them, so I was just learning. What do you think has changed the most for you from where you were year one when you got here from Villanova to where you are today? Uh, Just being comfortable, Um, you know, especially in Canvas, my third time around going against the same old lineman. Uh, You just get comfy with a lot of things and you learn, like, 
experience with experience comes just little tricks and little things you do to uh, be that much faster and make everything that much easier. Talking with Chiefs defensive lineman Tano Pascino, just a few questions left for you. There, you mentioned D Ford, Justin Houston, guys that were in front of you a year ago. Obviously, they're not here anymore, but mm -hmm. there's been a lot of turnover at your position. What have you seen from the new guys, Ogba, and obviously Frank Clark as well? Oh yeah, we're getting after it. Um, you know, Frank comes with his energy all the time. Uh, he's consistent with it. Ogba too. Like we're all learning from each other too. We got we got different skill sets. Um, it's really awesome having a new room and just seeing all these new guys come together and really work together um, pretty well. But, um, yeah, we're learning a lot from each other. Seems like you've been inside a few times as well whenever you guys kick into some of the pass rushing situations. Mm -hmm. Is that something you're comfortable with? Oh, yeah, real comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you lit up a little bit. For the, for the <laughs> listeners who can't see your face, you lit up when you were talking about that. It, I covered Mizzou for a while, and they called it the candy package when they would kick the defensive ends inside. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have a name for that? Uh, no, just nickel, nickel and dime. Yeah. Are you going to be doing that quite a bit this year? Yeah. yeah. yeah what, what, what changes for you when you go inside? What I mean, you lit up talking about that. What What changes for you? Is it is it's it really, more comfortable? It's way more instinct. As DN, you you get a little time to read read the tackle. Inside, it's one move and you're gone. Uh, you got to feel what you're getting. You really got to study the guards up, um, and it's way more reactive, I would say, and I like that. Last thing for you, you're in Steve Spagnolo's defense. We've heard a lot about it from the outside looking in, but for you, what's been your biggest impression of what this defense can be whenever it's fully implemented for you guys? Yeah, when it's fully implemented, there's going to be guys coming from everywhere. So uh, it's crazy. It might look like one thing, but two plays later, it's a whole nother, another thing for us. So um, I like his defense. Uh, he's, he's aggressive. We like getting after it, and he likes seeing guys putting guys in the best position to really make plays. So that was Tano Passanio, my conversation with him earlier this week. If you missed any of it, 610sports.com is the place where you can find it. I'm Brandon Kiley. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. We are live and local from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. right here on 610. Coming up at noon, we'll pass things over to Dusty Likens and Nick Price with Out of Bounds. I think Tano Passanio is arguably the story of Chiefs training camp. This is a former second-round pick who the Chiefs selected over some really good players in that draft. And his first two years have basically been redshirt years. He did nothing for them. He contributed very, very, very little. And I think that's going to change this year. He's been rotating in with the ones at defensive end. He's been getting some time in certain packages where he's playing defensive tackle. He's playing all over the place. This coaching staff is going to try to get as much out of his talent as they possibly can. They clearly recognize what John Dorsey saw. John Dorsey saw a very raw but talented and unique athlete at 6'7", 290 pounds who can come in and help you along the defensive line. This staff recognizes that talent. Now, will he be able to get the most out of it when the lights turn on and the games are going and the play is faster than it is out at training camp? I don't know. I don't know. But so far at training camp, he's been one of the stories of camp. He's passed Breland Speaks on the depth chart. He's arguably passed Emmanuel Ogba on the depth chart. I think they're neck and neck, but I think Tano's the guy that's getting in on more of the sub packages. When it's goal line sets, he's playing defensive end. 
when it's an obvious passing down, he's kicking in inside to be one of the pass rushers from the middle. And you heard how excited he is about that opportunity that he's getting to play alongside Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Alex Okafor on the defensive line. That's a whole hell of a lot of athleticism coming at you. In regular base packages, he's rotating in with the defensive ends and a base defense. Like, he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. You're going to see a lot of tunnel passing. Probably more than you're going to see if training camp is any indication. More than you're going to see from Breland Speaks. Tano has been the storyline of practice. And if you're looking for something that could be a surprise for you defensively, he's it. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. We've got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass. I have my five biggest takeaways from the first week out at Chiefs, Chiefs camp. I've been out there almost every day. I will give you my five biggest takeaways coming up next. And we will get your question. 69306 is the protein I'll see with a purpose text line. If you guys have a question of anything that I've seen from camp so far, we'll answer some of those on the other side. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got Brandon and Grant on the other side of the glass today. We should have Kramer coming back next week producing this thing for us. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. The protein I'll see with the purpose text line is 69306. You can always hit me up on Twitter. I am at BK Sports Talk. So if you missed anything today, we had a one-on-one conversation with Brian Baldinger of NFL Network. I talked to McCole Hardman, the Chiefs rookie wide receiver, about what camp's been like for him and what he thinks has been the biggest adjustment. And Tano Passanio, the Chiefs' former second-round defensive lineman, we heard my one-on-one conversation with him as well. All of that will be posted on the podcast page at 610sports.com. You can also get it on the radio.com app, so I'd highly recommend downloading that and subscribing to the leadoff if you could. All right, so I have been out at Chiefs training camp all week long. It has been a long and exhausting week. There are a lot of long and exhausting days. I have five top takeaways from my time out there, and then I will get to your questions at 69306, the Protein LZ with a purpose text line. If you guys have any questions of what I have seen thus far at training camp or just any questions that you would like to know about the Chiefs, we can get to those momentarily. But let's start with my five takeaways from Chiefs training camp right now here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. At number five. I believe the Chiefs have three players that they are very comfortable with starting at safety right now. The three players, of course, being Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, and Daniel Sorensen. I've been a little surprised by one thing at camp at the safety position. Daniel Sorensen's starting right now. I don't think that's going to last. I don't know if it's week one. I don't know if it's week one of the preseason that it changes. I don't know if it's week 12 of the regular season that it changes. Juan Thornhill's eventually going to overtake Daniel Sorensen as your starting safety, but right now it's Sorensen and Matthew back there with Thornhill as the number three guy. They're going to show some three safety looks, and when they go to that, it will be those three players that are out there. It seems very clear to me that right now there is a packing order in that group. It's Matthew, Sorensen, and Thornhill, and then everybody else. I don't know how many safeties they're going to keep. I don't know what this means for Jordan Lucas or Armani Watts. I think they have right now three safeties that they like. And going into training camp, that's the way they feel about them. Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Daniel Sorensen. Those are their three safeties that they feel comfortable with starting as of today. 
My number four training camp takeaway thus far after the first week of camp. Here are some guys that have locked up roster spots, in my opinion, that might be a surprise to some in our audience. I mean, these guys, I feel with 90% certainty, will be on the team when they break camp for week one of the regular season. Blake Bell, I believe he's going to be either tight end two or tight end three for this team. Yesterday, we were able to talk to Dave Tobe. The first name he mentioned as a guy that is on a lot of special teams and is filling in for what Demetrius Harris used to be. He was their number one special teamer. It is Blake Bell. He's going to make the roster as a result of that. Daniel Sorensen, I just mentioned the fact that he's starting at safety. He has locked up a roster spot, in my opinion. He's going nowhere. The coaching staff likes him. They feel comfortable with him. Daniel Sorensen is going to be on this roster in week one. Reggie Ragland, another guy who I thought might be on the roster bubble early in the offseason. He's no longer there. That is your starting inside linebacker when this team is in their base defense. That's not going to happen a ton, but about 20-30% of the snaps, Reggie Ragland is going to be your starting inside linebacker. He's not on the roster bubble. In fact, he's going to be one of the more important players on the defensive side of the ball. A name that you've heard probably a little bit this week, but had never heard prior to it, Demontre Wade. Demontre Wade for part of the week was your starting cornerback opposite Charvarius Ward. Demontre Wade, as a result of being the starting cornerback opposite Charvarius Ward, has all but locked up a spot on this uh, roster going into week one. Tano Passanio, you just heard our conversation with him from Chiefs training camp earlier this week. He is your number three defensive end right now, a guy that looked like he was on the verge of being cut at the end of last year. Now looks like he might be getting a decent amount of snaps for them in 2019. Tano Passanio, I believe, has locked up a roster spot. Daryl Williams, a running back out of LSU, got a little bit of playing time last year. He's gotten a lot of playing time with Damian Williams being out of the lineup this, this week at training camp. Daryl Williams has locked up a spot. I believe there are three guys that are certainties at the running back position. It's Damian Williams, it's Daryl Williams, and it's Darwin Thompson. There's one name that is notable that I did not mention there, that being Carlos Hyde. I think Hyde might make the team, but the only way he does is if they keep four running backs. Daryl Williams is absolutely ahead of Carlos Hyde right now. He's been getting a lot of reps with the ones this week at training camp. The final guy that I'll mention here, and I'm less confident on this than I was on the others, but I am pretty confident in it, Rashad Fenton, their sixth-round rookie cornerback out of South Carolina. He's not going to see any time on the defensive side of the ball. He shouldn't see any time on the defensive side of the ball but Dave Tobe really likes him. He's going to be a guy that helps him on special teams. My number three takeaway from Chiefs training camp this week, the defensive line goes six deep right now, and the run defense is going to be a hell of a lot better this year than it was a year ago. The six guys that are consistently rotating with the ones, Alex Okafor, Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Frank Clark, Tano Passanio, and Emmanuel Ogba. You can add a seventh if you'd like to. Xavier Williams has been getting a little bit of time with the ones. And the eighth guy in the rotation right now, I would say, is Colin Saunders. I did not mention Breland Speaks because Breland Speaks is not getting very much time with the ones right now. I think they're probably going to keep nine defensive linemen this year. But if Breland Speaks wasn't a second-round pick a year ago, I don't think that Breland Speaks would be making this roster. He hasn't done anything to impress at camp this year. He's consistently been working with the twos. 
I don't think Breland Speaks, if he didn't have the pedigree that he does, would be making the roster this year. I know that might be a little disappointing for a lot of you guys, given the fact that we were hoping to see a step from him. I just don't think we've seen it. The defensive line goes six deep that with guys that you feel really good about. It goes seven deep with guys that are going to be rotating if you add in Xavier Williams and eight deep with Colin Saunders as the eighth guy in the lineup. Breland Speaks right now is the ninth defensive lineman for the team. My number two takeaway from Chiefs training camp thus far, the first week through camp, the cornerback situation is even worse than I expected it to be. At camp earlier this week, Bashad Breland was out with a lacerated thumb. They lost Keith Reeser to a torn Achilles earlier this week. And they had something named a Demontre Wade starting for him? Demontre Wade? Who the hell is Demontre Wade? I didn't know who this character was before this week. I legitimately had to go up to Pete Sweeney earlier this week and ask him, hey, who's that guy that's playing cornerback for them right now? Told me that's Montre Wade. Said, do you realize that Juan Thornhill and Tyron Matthew are out there? Why is Demontre Wade playing with Tyron Matthew? He was starting for them at cornerback earlier this week. Now he ended up being with the twos after Bashad Breland came back from his injured thumb. Charvarius Ward's out there and Kendall Fuller are out there. That's been your number one cornerback unit. Man, they've been looking worse than I anticipated. Some of that might be very well be the facts that the receivers are as good as they are on this team. A lot of it is just as simple as their corners aren't very good. My number one takeaway from Chiefs training camp this week, it sounds crazy. It feels impossible. It shouldn't be possible. Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes legitimately look better than they did a year ago. Patrick Mahomes is making the same unbelievable plays that he did in 2018 but he's also making more of the routine plays. The 12-yard in route that goes to Sammy Watkins, he's hitting it with consistency when he wasn't necessarily doing so last year. The quick slant route that might have been a little bit behind the receiver and didn't lead him to where he needed to go last year, that's on time with rhythm and anticipation each and every time this offseason. Patrick Mahomes has improved, and the guy that has noticeably gotten better more than just about any other player on the team, in my opinion, is Tyreek Hill. He looks fantastic. He looks like he is ready to make that leap that we talked about a week ago here on this show, where he goes from being one of the best receivers in the NFL to being the undisputed best receiver in the NFL. He's ready to take that leap that Antonio Brown did in year four when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tyreek Hill looks like he's about to do the same with the Chiefs. If I was the Chiefs, if I was Brett Veach, I'd be trying to get him locked up long-term right now so those are my five takeaways from chiefs training camp in the first week of camp number five the three players are comfortable with at safety are juan thornhill daniel Sorensen, and tyron matthew number four guys that have locked up roster spots blake bell daniel Sorensen, reggie raglan demontre wade tano passanio daryl williams and rashad fenton number three the defensive line right now goes six deep number two The cornerback situation is somehow even worse than I anticipated. Number one, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes legitimately look better than I anticipated. The protein I'll see with a purpose text line is 69306. If you guys have any questions that you would like to ask about what's been going on at Chiefs camp, I got about two minutes to go before we get you off to Dusty Likens and Nick Price with Out of Bounds coming up at the top of the hour. They will take you up until 3 o'clock. I will answer a few questions up until then with my thoughts based on what I've seen thus far 
at Chiefs Training Camp. This going comes from the 816. BK, what are your expectations for Juan Thornhill, and how cohesive do he and Tyron Matthew seem to be? I got to be honest, he hasn't been getting a ton of time with the ones. He's looked really good with the twos. He's made some plays on the ball. Like, everything that you heard about Juan Thornhill and how he's going to be able to get his hands on the ball very often, that has absolutely played out at Chiefs training camp thus far. But in terms of the cohesiveness that he has with Tyron Matthew, just haven't played all that much together. So I, I can't answer that question. Hey, BK, from what you've seen at camp so far, who do you think will start opposite Ty- or Thor- opposite Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, or Dirty Dan in week one? I think it's going to be Juan Thornhill, but I had a lot more confidence in that about a week ago. As of today, the answer is Daniel Sorensen. I think they're going to change that by week one, but I had a lot more confidence saying that about a week ago. From the 816, any chance that Breland Speaks gets cut? I don't think so because of the fact they took a second-round pick on him last year. But if he wasn't second-round pick last year, I think the answer to that question is yes. Final question, maybe our defensive line is strong, but could it be used to get a cornerback on the market? I just don't know who you're wanting to trade. You want to be able to get some of these guys to be able to rotate six, seven, eight along the defensive line. You feel really good about your defensive line. Don't pay, don't rob Peter to pay Paul on this defensive line. That's what I would say. It's been the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. If you have any other questions, I'd be happy to answer them at BK Sports Talk on Twitter. Coming up at the top of the hour, Dusty Likens, Nick Price out of bounds. We'll be back next week, 10 to noon, on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. Off with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.